When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello again, Foxborough faithful and Patriots Nation. This is the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI-FM, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. Hope you guys are keeping your chins up. I know it has not been too holly or jolly. Nothing very merry to celebrate in Patriots Nation of late. But we're going to do our absolute best to get you ready and try to lift your holiday spirits for a game that basically will decide if the Patriots have any bit of playoff push or AFC relevance the rest of the way. Of course, it's a Christmas Eve 1 p.m. matinee affair against the white hot surging Cincinnati Bengals who represented the American football conference last year in the Super Bowl, a game I still think they probably could and should have won. They have made many improvements to their team. Unlike the new England Patriots who have taken massive strides backwards this season. Well, at least offensively, I think people continue to harp on how bad the Patriots are forgetting that the defense has improved and is a, 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 a pretty solid unit on this football team, but the, the clippings, the press, the footage, the jokes, Everything about the offense is so bad that that's how people continue to identify and sadly mock and deride this team. And it's just a damn shame. This is probably a lopsided affair. This is a bit of a mismatch. And I don't think anyone thought it would have been when the schedule came out. I believe most people looked at it and thought, now this is going to be a hell of a game right here. Patriots will be fighting for a playoff spot. The Bengals will be looking to get back, maybe take the AFC North once again, see if they can compete with the Kansas cities and Buffaloes and try to, get back to the Super Bowl and clean up some unfinished business. And now Cincinnati is doing their part and the Patriots, not so much to help get you ready today. Andy Hart and I will give our previews and predictions, but first we're going to go to an interview at WEI FM with myself and Christian Arcand and WEI old pal, Mike Petraglia. That's right. Trags who now does an awesome job on the Jungle World Pod, CLNS Media, covering the Cincinnati Bengals. Trags is going to hop in and help us preview the Bengals behind enemy lines, tell us what's going on in Cincy, and maybe it'll be fun to hear from an old Pats pal, someone who was on the beat for a long time, just how this looks from his perspective. So let's throw it now to our interview with Arcand and Trags, getting you ready for Bengals and Patriots this Saturday. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. I just like to say as an Italian-American, I don't care for this song. I don't care for this song. And I know that Mike Petralia is probably going to hang up the phone when he hears me say that. 
Dregs is probably, his, I'm just guessing, probably likes this song. I never, ever liked this. My family, we'd play it every Christmas, and I thought it was just so dumb. It's about a donkey, and they bring the donkey out, and what? And then what? It's a classic. And then what? climb the hills of You know, having half the chorus be donkey sounds is why I don't like it. You know what I mean? This is our this is our people's big Christmas song, <laughs> and we have a donkey braying and hee hawing in the middle of the court. Like I don't know, I just I feel like I feel like the Italian people have donated contributed so much to culture and Christmas and everything. But when it comes to our Christmas song, we get Dominic the donkey. What's that about? How did it come to that? Anyways, I want to welcome in <laughs> Kyrie Thompson. Sorry, I just had to get that off my test. Uh, Weei.com is joining me in studio right now. Uh, Fitzy's still here as well. And uh, we're going to be joined by Trags in just a minute. But real quick, uh, Kyrie, great to meet you in person, buddy. Yeah, no, man. It's been a minute. We talked on, uh, you know, various airwaves. Had you on the First and Fox right. podcast. Stream it. Uh, download it wherever you get your podcasts and all that. I just want to say two things. Number one. I mean, uh, as, a, as a fellow Dominic, I'm a little bit insulted by the fact that that song exists. Uh, it's really bad. Also, my people uh, got all I want for Christmas. So, you know, that that's... I, I take a lot of pride in that, personally. I mean, it's a lot better than Dominic the Donkey. Let's yeah, no, yeah. Well, that, that, listen, that song's struggling. I'm sorry, though. There's, there's not much for my people, either, so it's <laughs> it's okay at this point, guys. All right. I mean, it is a really bad song. Like, it's just a Christmas donkey. Like, nothing about the Feast of the Fishes, nothing about Baby Jesus... No, or Christmas miracles. Hey, everybody, check out this friggin' donkey. <laughs> I mean, don aren't don donkeys are involved somewhat in the nativity story somewhere? Yeah, I think the three wise men wrote in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah wrote in on some donkeys. Wait, Great. it wasn't camels; it was donkeys. I don't know what it was. I wasn't there. <laughs> um, and I don't think our guest was either, uh, but he was probably a little closer. That, of course, is Mike Petralia, who joins us on the line right now. Uh, Mike Petralia, who can check out on the Jungle Roar podcast. And uh, he's also uh, the CLNS Media, lots of things, and also a uh, alumnus of WEEI and WEEI.com. Trags, it is great to have you on, man. I miss you, buddy. Uh, how's Cincinnati treating you, first of all? Treating me very well, and as somebody who has not one but two vowels at the end of their last name, I never did understand Dominic the Donkey. Thank you. Oh, I, thank I, you. I never did. I thought you were going to hang up in protest when I said all that bad, no, nasty no, no, stuff. No, no, no. I, 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 respect, I respect you guys too much to do that. Uh, we have too much to catch up on, and Cincinnati's treating me great, by the way. That's great it to is, hear. Uh, it's uh, from Bur from Brady to Burrow is pretty is a pretty good life if you're a football writer. I gotta say. Um, yeah, what did you know, Trags, in advance to make the jump from Brady to <laughs> yeah. Burrow? Like you got out early, you left us all behind. Yeah, Zach Taylor often uh, has. Well, last year called me the secret sauce, and I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm I'm as much to do with the sauce and 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 the uh, cooking as uh, your quarterback is but uh, if you want to give me the credit that's great but uh it's just been you know really uh it's a different culture it's it's a lot of fun uh the wide receivers uh are a big part of that team and joe burrow uh has a defense i, I will tell you in all seriousness guys watching joe burrow in this offense um is a lot like watching brady with patriots 1.0 because the defense the bengals defense is so good do not look past the defense on this team uh you know, not only this Saturday, but uh, going forward, if they uh, manage to make it to the playoffs, win their division, uh, their defense is going to be a big part of the equation in terms of how far into the playoffs and if they get back to the Super Bowl, uh, the Bengals get. 
All right, well, Trags, the uh, Patriots offense is like watching uh, your parents' sex tape is what it's like. Um, oh it may God. be even not that, uh, not that exciting. With Dominic the donkey in it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, with that being said, it's going to be an emotional day for you, I'd imagine, when the Bengals finally for – once and for all, put an end to the uh, Patriots season. I mean, that's that's on the line See, here. Is that something the Bengals I, are even thinking about? Well, let me bring up on to Cincinnati. And we all remember what happened the Monday night before on to Cincinnati. They were blown out by Kansas City. Uh, a certain reporter we all know and love asked Bill Belichick about the quarterback position. We got the Bill Belichick passive dismissive answer and the Bengals uh, next in six days later, as a matter of fact, um, were blown off the uh, Gillette stadium turf 43 to 17, probably not the same cast of characters when you're talking about the Bengals uh, this time around. But I will tell you uh, whenever uh, you are a follower of the Bengals and I was even back then, you know, even though I was covering the Patriots, I was um, intrinsically interested in, uh, what the Bengals were doing week to week. I thought that the Bengals were not prepared that game. I think they're going to be prepared on Saturday to try and take care of business, clinch a playoff berth. Uh, but there's always that thought in the back of your mind, uh, if you're from Cincinnati, that um, how are the Patriots going to spoil the Bengals' plans on Christmas Eve, no matter how good or bad the Patriots might be playing. Mike, um, this is Kyrie here. I, Hi, Kyrie. I, I've been really fixated with this idea of, you know, the, the legend of Joe Cool, right? You know, you know Joe, yep. Joe Berg, you know, that, that whole thing and how we've got Mac Jones right now who has been the opposite of cool the last couple of weeks. You know, he's, he's very fiery. He's been like that for a while. And I keep telling myself maybe Mac Jones could learn a little bit of something from the way Joe Burrow operates. I mean, I've I've heard stories that I mean, Joe Burrow will will get after you and he's not he won't back down from anybody, he gets after the defense. When you look at the way that that Joe Burrow has has, you know, kind of operated the way that he has led, what stands out to you about him? So, and and I know Belichick uh, mentioned this yesterday during his press conference. Um it is the way Burrow performs in the fourth quarter under big moments and, you know, the pressure and the lights never get too bright. Pressure never gets too big for Joe Burrow. He is the same quarterback. And who did we always used to say that about? Number 12. It's when people in Cincinnati ask me, knowing my background, that what are the similarities you see between Tom Brady and Joe Burrow? I immediately tell them the way they handle big situations and the way they never let the situation become too big. Um, and the way they perform under pressure, that's the number one similarity between the two. And that's what I would tell you to watch with, with Joe Burrow. Last week in Tampa, I was down there. Um, they were down 17 nothing. Burrow didn't change the way he played. He didn't do anything out of character. He didn't try to make throws that weren't there to be made. Um, they still ran the ball. Uh, and he managed the game just like the game was 0-0 and waited for the defense uh, to get a turnover or at least flip the field uh, in terms of field position. And that's exactly what happened in the, in the third quarter when Brady and the Bucks turned the ball over four straight times. Uh, I mean, they couldn't have expected that kind of good fortune. But still, Burrow will not panic even when the team is behind. And I think, you know, when you, when you watch Joe Burrow, that is what sticks out to me the most.
Yeah, I mean, he the throw he made against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, Trags, was like the oh. stuff of luncheon. I mean, it's amazing. Brady used to make yeah. the same kind of throws as well to save the Patriots bacon over and over and over again. But I kind of want to go back a little bit to the start of the season when we all realized that the Cincinnati Bengals are, are an offensive lineman away from winning a Super Bowl that they were highly competitive in. I mean, like if they had two more seconds, he might have been able to find Jamar Chase down the sideline for a game-winning score. Correct. But they invest heavily in the in the offseason. They're becoming a national team. They invest in their offensive line. They still have the elite weaponry. But it's a bit of a tough start to the season. They end up 4-4. Four and four. Now they've rattled off six straight, and I think they're on a collision course with Buffalo in the AFC Championship, and maybe they'll meet up with KC again along the way. What sparked the change to get them going on this six-game win streak? Well, that's a great question, and I, I would say, um, you know, it was, again, the defense playing, you know, lights out. You know, when the offense was struggling, what really sparked the change with the with the Bengals uh, is their defense really stepped up to the fore, and they hammered the Carolina Panthers uh, right before their bye, 42-21, a game that wasn't even that close. And they had that feeling going into the bye. They were 5-4 and four last year at the bye, and there was that sense of, we did it last year, we know we're a good team, and we're going to get on a roll. And, you know, if you ask Joe Burrow, if you ask Zach Taylor, which we did, uh, you ask everybody in the locker room, there was never a doubt in their mind that they were a good team, a very good team. And, again, going back to those Patriot teams, those Patriot I've how, how many years do we talk about the slow two-and-two two starts, the one-and-three starts, even the three-and-one starts when the Patriots were trying to find out who they were in the first month of the year? Very similar storyline to what was going on in Cincinnati. They knew they were uh, four and four after that hideous loss in in uh, Cleveland on Halloween, but there was never the sense of we're not going to recover and and rebound and make a run for the playoffs and eventually the Super Bowl. There was always that sense, that confidence that they knew how good they were, even when they were losing players. That game against the Browns on Halloween, was their first game without Jamar Chase. And many people in Cincinnati panic, like, okay, they don't have Jamar Chase. They have no idea what they're going to do on offense. Well, Joe Burrow never thought like that. He felt like, you know, they have a lot receivers behind Jamar Chase, believe it or not, uh, and not just Key Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They have somebody by the name of Trenton Irwin, who you might get to know on Saturday. They have Trent Taylor, who's kind of a, you know, Julian Edelman uh, replica, if you will, um, certainly not the same kind of player, but they have those role players, and it's those role, role players that really uh, picked up the slack. And once they won that game against Carolina, came back from the bye, beat Pittsburgh, won in Tennessee, they knew they were on their way. Uh, Trags, real quick, before we let you go, I saw Trey Hendrickson, and you were talking about the defense this yes. whole time and how good they are. Yep. Trey Hendrickson's playing with a broken <laughs> wrist. Do the Bengals know that they don't really need him to slow down this offense? Like, why would you risk putting that guy out there against an offense that couldn't even score against the Raiders? Well, I, they're not taking anything for granted, first of all. And and I understand where you're going with that point. But Trey Hendrickson is an incredibly competitive guy. He wants to get back on the field, and he wants to see if he can actually play with the injury, which it's one of those fractures that is not um, going to be made worse by him playing. That it's It's – a pain tolerance type of deal uh, sort of was the same situation last week with Tyler Boyd and his finger. As long as uh, Trey Hendrickson can play with pain and grip 
onto the offensive lineman or whoever in front of them and play, they're going to want him to play, and he's going to want to play. All right, then we'll leave it right there. Mike Petralia, it was awesome talking to you, man. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got to do this. Thanks so much for the time. Happy holidays, guys. We thank Mike Petraglia, Trags, the legend formerly of WEEI now, of course, in Cincinnati for his insight and information. That was some uh, great perspective, just like you who are watching right now on YouTube. Get some great perspective as Andy gives you his shimmy Grinch. He's kind of doing a truffle shuffle in his... <laughs> <laughs> ugly Grinch sweater. And I'm going to tell you, folks, we need things like this right now. We need Andy's big Grinch energy because when the schedule came out, Andy, this game was a circle it, mark it down on the calendar, get ready for it. A Christmas Eve affair with two teams that will likely be competing for playoff spots. That much is still true, but the directions both teams are headed couldn't be more different. The Bengals come in white hot, and I mean like their color rush White Bengal Tiger uniform hot. Sweet. Winners, super sweet uniforms, by the way. Pat the Patriot, great alt, and those white Bengal Tiger outfits, they are fire. They have won six games in a row. Few teams, if any, are playing better in the NFL right now. Uh, it's going to be ice, 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 like as Gronk used to say, freezy, freezy out there at Gillette for the Christmas Eve 1 p.m. kickoff. The Bengals are doing everything right as of right now, and the Patriots are doing pretty much most everything wrong right now. Bengals have a top 10 defense. They don't do anything exceptionally well, but they play sound, fundamentally strong defense. Their offense, sixth ranked in the NFL, they're doing everything right on offense. They have elite receivers. They have a solid running game with a power back. They can catch the ball well coming out of the backfield. The dangers of Joe Mixon at every single level. And there's no one who is playing their position better right now than Joe Burrow, who is, I think, legitimately entered the MVP conversation in addition to locking down uh, perhaps the AFC North. And if there's a slip-up by KC or Buffalo the rest of the way, hell, the Bengals could be competing for the number one spot if they win out. This game means a lot to them, and our New England Patriots season is hanging in the balance. Andy, tell me how in the world this fragile, beaten down, emotionally delicate, Injured, wounded Patriots team can keep up with the Bengals on Saturday. Excuse me. Did, did you say um, keep up with the uh, they can't back to you, Fitz? <laughs> and that was once again, Andy Hart live in the field reporting on your New England Patriots. Happy holidays, yeah. everyone from Six Rings. Like you um, enumerated the the statistics and the, the things they're good at. Like to me, it boils down to much simpler things. The Bengals under Joe Burrow don't believe they can lose the Patriots under Mac Jones and by extension, Matt Patricia aren't sure they can win. Aren't sure they can do the job. And I just think it's a fundamental difference in confidence, swagger, coolness, whatever you want to call it. And Oh, can I submit an early question for next week's six rings mailbag with you and, and shine. Hey, Shime, um, is you saying the Bengals should pass on Joe Burrow the worst sports take you've ever had? I'll hang up and listen. Could it be Could it be the worst take in town since Greg <laughs> Bedard said, I don't understand why the Patriots drafted Rob Grant? I mean, it's truly one of the Hall worst of takes of all. It's Hall of Fame worthy. Like No it's question. Free, it's like it may not be on freezing cold takes Mount Rushmore of terrible takes, but it has entry to the park. Uh, it might be on Mount Rushmore, but I'll let Shime discuss that with you next week. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's the reality is like I was just looking and, and, and you said some of them. And then 
one of the things that jumped out for me, just from a play playmaking perspective, mm-hmm. we know that they have a litany of receivers, Jamar Chase, but then also Boyd and Higgins and everything they can do. Any one of them would be a number one receiver in Foxborough. <laughs> Each one of them has a touchdown of 60 yards or longer. The Patriots have one receiver all year with a with a touchdown of 40 yards or longer. An Aguilar score. That's it. Like they can do things. No, no. Oh, a receiver. Yes, because because Marcus Jones had a. Yeah, I don't count. Longer. I don't count bubble screens to my punt returner. Sorry, don't count those. You know, well, I mean the 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 NFL does. So yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it'll be stat. in the media guide. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can Andy, it was right literally the it was literally the only exciting play in the last month. Exactly. So like, there's uh. and then defensively, they're good. They're not great, but they're good. Obviously, they're very we all, good. We they're saw very the turnovers good. last week and. You just go down the numbers like they're fifth in the NFL in turnover differential. Like they're going to win the turnover game. Like, so you're not going to pull that as you're upset. They and one do- of the weird things is like, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that we were uh, reared by the side of uh, a, a, a Patriots parent who told us that winning the turnover battle was important to winning football games. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, okay. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So, so you can't, I mean, you can hold out hope that you can steal the game by winning the turnover battle and that Joe Burrow has a bad day or something, or, you know, balls are deflecting off his receivers hand, but it's, it's hope. It's, it's not like a realistic plan of attack. And I would even go back to where I started, forget the talent differential because the, the mm-hmm. talent, it's a massive gap between the two teams. I'm not sure you're in a mental state to compete. I don't know that you trust your quarterback or like we quarterback's energy right now. I don't think you trust your play caller. Can, let me ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's Christmas week. So, you know, what would you like for Christmas kind of thing? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. Um, yeah. And by the way, I will not be out working the parking lot before the game, making a tailgate video, asking Patriots fans, what do you guys want for Christmas this year? Cause I can only hear a new offensive coordinator so many times from the mouths of Pats fans. That's my question because I've been battling with some people on Twitter of late. I know that's hard for you to believe that I'm battling with people. You, me, the Grinch. (laughs) Um, But let's just say you get one Christmas wish and change to the Patriots' offense. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give you two simple options because both people, believe it or not, have asked for these. And would you rather have a change at play caller? Give Mm -hmm. Nick Cayley the opportunity to, to call plays. Mm-hmm. Or would you change the quarterback? Is the quarterback a a net negative to the offense emotionally and physically right now? Okay, there's a much greater chance that we will see a change at quarterback, given that Bill Belichick didn't even guarantee Mac Jones' starting job the rest of the way this season. And we've heard that they could potentially be at odds. Tom Curran coming on the air this week telling us that he thinks that Mac Jones is quickly not making an enemy of Bill Belichick or finding his, he could be more finding his way onto Bill Belichick's naughty list. And we're talking like Nate. up the top of the Nate list. So at this point, as, as much as I have staunchly defended Mac Jones, and I still believe, and I was saying this on the mailbag podcast yesterday. And by the way, if you want a really depressing listen, folks, go, go ahead and go back and listen to that one. That was a real fun 30 minutes of a Pats fan slowly melting down one email at a time. I, I at this point now, I consider Mac Jones's season such a wash, Andy. It is such a complete negative that I would almost rather the Patriots sit him down the rest of the season at this point and stop doing further damage to his psyche, 
to his ability to to his ability to run a functional NFL offense. Just let Zappy play it out. Like honestly, at this point, it's such a mess. They have done so much damage to the offense and this kid in his second year. Sit him down, and and then if Zappy does play well, maybe great. If Belichick is hell bent on keeping Patricia, then fine. Then you deal. Then you go to Mac. You go to Robert Kraft, and you say like, we think this is our our system going forward. So first of all, if you if you sit. Mac down and don't coincide it with he was placed on IR with an ankle injury or something. Oh, there was a limp in the locker room yesterday, but some people disagreed on it. But that's well, fine. To me, you have to mask it with a, with a facade of injury or something because otherwise, I think, flu. Yes, I think you end his career as the franchise quarterback of the Patriots if you just flat out bench him and put Zappy back in, regardless of how well Zappy plays. Um, but I would also say this: I believe that if Bill Belichick decides to pull the plug on Mac Jones right now, or even after the season in three mm-hmm. weeks, mm-hmm. I believe he's pulling the plug on the Bill Belichick era in New England. I don't think you, with a straight face, can go to Robert Kraft and say, Robert, remember last January when I told you we had our franchise quarterback and you were going out there saying, hey, we have our coach and our QB, and that's a key starting point in the NFL? Yeah, I no longer believe that, Robert. I think Mac's not the guy. Then I think Robert goes, well, I need if you changed your mind that quickly, I need to reassess as whether you're the guy because you made a terrible decision this year with your offensive coordinator. So I think Bill is stuck with Mac, even though he may be annoyed by his emotion and his, you know, insubordination and conduct and all those things. But I think he's stuck with him. He's married to him because I think he'd be undercutting his own leadership and potential um, future in Foxborough. So I think the easy answer, the simple answer is Nick Cayley calls plays and I've asked why he can't, and the Mm -hmm. only thing that Andy Gresh, as we've debated this on WEEI this week, has come up with is because it makes Matt look bad. It makes Bill look bad. Like, yo. They can't look any worse. They cannot look any worse. My response was, what makes Matt Patricia look worse? Him taking the field to call plays or him not taking the field? Like, it's an embarrassment. can't look worse. Right. This offense cannot look worse. The New England Patriots have quick in, in, in the, over the course, and there are 500 teams since Tom Brady left town at this point. The New England Patriots have gone from the gold standard of professional North American sporting excellence to a punchline in their own league, division, and conference because of the way they played. And listen, everyone being so miserable this week, everyone being so down, Mike Reese reporting that the locker room was so fragile. This team needs something good to happen to them. Fragile. It's a fragile. I, I, I apologize. Watch out. You shoot your eye out, kid. Is because it's not just the Las Vegas lateral. It's not just what jo- Jacoby Myers did. That was endemic of everything that's going on with this team. But that didn't ruin the season. That will be the signature play people will look at when they say like, wow, how did the Patriots torpedo their season? And why did it go south so quickly? It's like Matt Patricia. It's Matt. But it's Matt. It's I feel so. It's in Bill Belichick. It's because well, Bill yeah. Belichick put Patricia in that position. And Patricia it's said really, yes. really, really, it's terrible. And and yes, it should stop, but they're not going to put Nikaeli in right now. And so we're going to be stuck with more quick game with it being 12 degrees outside on Saturday afternoon against a defense that is going to feast on and tee off on this team. And then the Patriots, who likely will be without several starters once again, only Sam Hubbard being the, 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 the lone impact player who likely won't play for the Bengals. They're going to feast on that, and they're going to have to contend with one of the best offenses on a team competing for the number one seed overall. 
so two things. I refuse to give up on the idea that they could turn to Nick Cayley. I refuse. I refuse to think Bill Belichick per, puts personal relationships and his affinity for Matt Patricia ahead of the best interests of the football team because the best interests of the football team are not served by Matt Patricia being out there. And I'd also like to point out Correct. just how bad things have gotten with the offense. So on one night, how on, bad have they gotten Andy? Well, see on one night on sports center, a noted Patriot hater and former Steelers safety, Ryan Clark is mocking them, giving them the dumb and dumber award saying they're the worst coached offense in the history of offenses, which people can take with a grain of salt. One day later, Noted fob, yes, that means friend of Bill Belichick, and former Patriots assistant Michael Lombardi said, mm -hmm. quote, you could do a 30 for 30 on how bad the Patriots offense is this year. That's a friendly media member. That's oh a guy who airs Lombardi on the said, Lombardi home. said that? Absolutely said that. Oh, so dear. it is no longer an opinion that the Patriots offense is an embarrassment and sucks. It is now a widely held fact by friends and foes alike. And this is forgetting all the previous ones, the Dan mm -hmm. Orlovskis, the Kurt Warner, whoever you want to put in that boat. Jo it's jo now Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. Like, uh, in uh, a world where unanim Doma. unanimous opinions are impossible to find on anything, it's now basically unanimous that the Patriots offense is a joke. And the Patriots offense that's a joke is going up against one of the better offenses in football that has a pretty good defense to go along with it. So... I think we're left with a game that, um, other than a Christmas miracle, you lose. <laughs> like, but can, but is there any chance? No. And let's wrap with this. Um, no. Is there any chance that said Christmas miracle is performed, Andy, that Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick have a little come to baby Jesus moment and say, like, this all hasn't worked. So we have to call and look at this game drastically different than every other game. We can't keep doing what we've done. Like, the players, the players are all going to quit. We're, then the, the fans will turn on us even worse. We can't be more of a national punchline. We're going to get embarrassed at home on Christmas Eve in front of a large audience of people sitting at home, drinking nog and wrapping presents. Like, can they go about this game differently? Is there anything they can do? Just try go deep, do, like scrap the short game. Jeff Galuli uh, available, and can you plant him in the uh, tunnel at Gillette Stadium? And, 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 long, and again, this hole? goes back to why I would honestly like you've broken Mac Jones. Like you have broken him to a point where anything he has done in the 2022 season to me almost should be expunged from his record. It should just be like a nice, clear, crisp whiteout line right across his statistical line for however long he plays in the NFL. Yep. He needs to like do everything he can to forget this season because it has been an abject nightmare for him physically, emotionally, and psychologically. That's why I almost would play Zappy at this point. Like here fans, you can watch something different here. We've, we've broken this kid. Like he needs to reboot next year. So you have, you do have no idea if Mac Jones is your franchise quarterback now because of what you've done to him this year and how, how putrid the offense has been. Um, and I yeah. can't believe, and you're right, Andy, Bill Belichick continues to tell us he always does what's in the best interest of the football team. And at this point now, as much as I would want to walk up to him and say, thanks for everything you've done for Patriots Nation, the first thing I might say to him is, sir, I don't believe you. Yeah, I, and you can't because my old boss, Fred Kirsch, used to always just go with, look at his actions, not his words. Whenever yep. you're assessing Bill Belichick, go with his actions. And his actions right now are, are you can't defend them. Like, it's just the reality. So as we wrap this up, um, I'm going to stun you by picking the Bengals to win uh, 30 to 17 uh, oh. because even let's just say Nick Cayley is given the reins and oh my God, they drive right down the field and oh my God, they drive down the field again. I don't have any faith that you can win a shootout 
with the Bengals. So even if somehow Christmas miracle, we hear the bell ringing and everybody's mm-hmm. happy. Okay. So maybe instead of 30 to 17, you lose, like I'm predicting, maybe mm-hmm. you lose uh 38, 35 in a shootout, but. Oh, what a, you know, I would, that would honestly be like a gift under the tree. Orgasmic. It, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that word, but okay. I'm glad you went there. Yeah. It would be nogtastic. It would be, yes, it, it would is. be an absolute thrill. It would be like, at least we'd be doing a six rings post game show on Christmas Eve, talking about how the Patriots fight. Now, then we'd all be full of regret and remorse. Like, why didn't you play like that more? This offense was available to you. You could have sure. continued the momentum you built last year, but you took so many steps backward. I'm going to give you Bengals 23, Patriots 13. I just, I think if they can, t- I, I don't see Matt Patricia getting out of his own way. I see the Bengals stymieing the Patriots offense. I see people like lone pro bowler, Matthew Judon playing with as much pride as possible. I see Uche continuing to build his stats. He actually is somebody who has taken strides forward this year. There'll be, there'll be a lot of Patriots players playing with their last bits of pride. They're going to try to represent themselves. Maybe not even the franchise as well. Uh, I think they lose a tough one. The Bengals win their seventh in a row. And then we're left just discussing, like, what can we make of the final two games and what is likely a lost season? Yes, you're hearing this from uh, noted analyst Andy Hart. Yes, you're hearing this from super fan Nick Fitzy Stevens. They they done broke us all. It is what it is. It is what it is. Thanks, Andy. We also give thanks to Trags for joining us earlier and Christian Arcan on WEEI. This has been the Six Rings Preview edition, Patriots and Bengals. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for making this such a fun community to talk Patriots and commiserate together. I wish there was more celebration. There's been way too much commiseration. Andy and I will be with you live right after Bengals at Patriots from 4 to 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. So make sure you tune in. Tell your friends about the podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and try to be good to each other. Tis the season, and we all could use a little more merry in our lives. Fahat! This is Fitzy. Thanks for listening. Good day, God bless, and whoa, Pats.